Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Christina Knight. Thanks for being on the show, Christina. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Super excited to be here. Christina is the co-founder and CFO of Acris Capital. At Acris, Christina focuses on deal underwriting and asset management of their portfolio. She hopes to share her story with listeners in order to educate them on how to generate passive income and live the life of their dreams. Christina, thank you again for being on the show. Give us a little more about Acris Capital and you know what you do there as part of that team. And let's jump into your superpower. Yeah, sure. So we started Acris Capital with a mission to help other people gain more financial freedom in their lives. And the conduit to get there just happens to be multifamily assets at this point in time. But super passionate about helping people realize that they can build generational wealth and passive income through investing in real estate. And we started Acris Capital a couple years ago, and we started off small by acquiring small multifamilies. And then we've you know, recently scaled up and we've been doing bigger deals. And, you know, now our focus is solely on syndication and looking to do deals of 75 units and up. Nice. Nice. Well, I know your focus, and we talked about this a little bit before the show, but your focus, you know, is asset management piece. And, uh, you know, maybe you can highlight a little bit on, you know, your background and then just moving into that field or that position and what all that entails. I think sometimes we say, well, asset management, but you know, we don't really talk about well, what all does that include? Because that's extremely important. I mean, it's so important. And I look forward to just hearing more details from you about that. Yeah, sure. So I spent the majority of my career before real estate, I spent over a decade in the investment management industry in various capacities. I worked as a analyst, trader, portfolio manager. And when I left finance, I was managing our firm's mortgage portfolio, as well as about 20 different client portfolios ranging from, you know, five to 50 million and more. And then throughout my entire career, I was really focused on like mortgage investments, the housing industry. So then naturally that transition to real estate and the asset management side. So I was on the finance side, super used to juggling like a million different things at once. You have to be able to have like a very high level view of what's going on in everyone's portfolio, but also be able to be super detail oriented and get into the numbers and what's going on in the minutia of every portfolio. And that's really the case with asset management and real estate, especially if you own more multiple properties, you have to have that high level view of what's going on with every property. You're constantly putting out like fires and dealing with a bunch of different deadlines and making sure you know the properties are being managed well. And so you really have to be good at kind of juggling a lot of different things at once, but also be able to look at the details and financial statements and pick out errors and all of that. That's a lot to learn, right? Like especially if you don't have the background like you did, you know, just to come in and say, okay, you know, I enjoy the asset management side of a business. Well. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot to take over. And so, you know, on a daily basis, you know, what would that look like? Or, you know, maybe you can highlight just that position in a company like yours, you know, some of the other details that you might have to do just daily that helps you to stay on top of things. Yeah. So, I mean, like pretty much on a daily basis, I'm looking at 
you know, or at least a weekly basis, the financial statements of the property. I'm looking at our numbers in terms of occupancy, when leases are expiring, what we have coming up on turnovers, you know, coordinating with our property managers in terms of, you know, what the units look like, how much to spend on turns, when can we get contractors in there, getting cleaning in. So you're just managing a lot of different moving pieces and it gets, you know, you have to be super organized and have like, you know, I have a calendar with all sorts of dates and, you know, things to follow up on and making sure everything is, nothing's kind of falling through the cracks. Now, wait a minute. You know, I thought that the property manager did all those things. (laughs) I'm kidding. Well, I mean, (laughs) we all know how that goes. I mean, you definitely have to manage your property manager and make sure that you know, at the end of the day, no one cares about your business as much as you do. So there's a lot to still do and make sure that's getting done. And, you know, the property manager is staying on top of things. I can't tell you how many mistakes I've caught in property manager statements. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, It's great that, you know, somebody like you is on the team that's looking over these things, right? And you're not having to do the, say, day-to-day management, uh, answering tenant calls and things like that. But you are managing the manager in a sense. And what's a good way that you found to communicate with a property manager, you know, and how often, how do you do that? Yeah. So, I mean, we have at least a weekly call with all of our property managers and sometimes even more communication than that, depending on, you know, what's going on. Did we just acquire the property? We're getting to know the property manager a little bit better until you're kind of comfortable with how they operate and you can kind of trust them with a little bit more leeway for um, managing the property. Is there like an outline for that call? Is there specific KPIs you all are going over? Is there any kind of structure? Yeah, we have, you know, a report that we use that just basically, I mean, it goes over the basic occupancy trends, turnover, leases coming up to, you know, leads, where those leads are coming from, what's generating the most leads, different metrics like that, that we work with the property manager on, and then, you know, look at certain KPIs for them to hit within those, you know, variables. Yes. So, you know, what about the staying organized piece? And I'd love for you to just elaborate on some of that and how you keep all this organized. I think somebody that's especially getting started in this business, you know, it is It's like, where do I even begin? But staying organized, it doesn't matter what part of the business you're in, you better be organized. But uh, for you, how have you managed to do that? So I actually built, we have a spreadsheet for every single property that has It details every single thing about the units and the rent roll and the leases. And we keep track of that from the property manager data. And then also within that spreadsheet, we have a budget and a variance template. And every single month, we look at what our budget was, what the actuals were, what the variance was, so that we can actually, you know, manage the property manager on those numbers and say this, you know, why is this so high? Or, you know, why is this off? And so we look at that on a monthly basis, and then that all rolls up into an aggregate portfolio level that looks at overall occupancy and cash flow and, you know, expenses and expense ratios and all that. So it's kind of this aggregate spreadsheet that rolls up from all these individual spreadsheets. Okay. So you built a template and then you're tracking that every week or that you're looking at those numbers, budgets versus actuals and seeing how we're doing. I'm sure that plays a big role too in your weekly conversation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of how I drive the weekly conversation. And then within that conversation, I keep extremely detailed notes on what the property manager said that they were going to do. And every 
week, I follow up on those items and say, okay, you know, you know, you said you were going to do this. What's the status of that? Or where are we on this? So that way you don't forget, you know, you keep kind of a running list of everything. Do you use any kind of software to help you with that, like task management or anything? Yeah. So we use Active Campaign for task management stuff and just to set reminders for things. And it actually has like a nice workflow pipeline that you can put things through and kind of track the movement of everything. But I'm also a huge notes fan. I take a lot of notes on my iPhone and keep track of things that way too. Okay. Is there a specific app or a way that you take notes that you found has been useful? You know, for me, I just write like, you know, the date out and, you know, what they said they were going to do and the by when, and then I manage people to that. So, you know, I use a lot of spreadsheets, the notes app on my phone, and also we use, we put things in active campaign, but that's about the only tools that I use. What are the key things that makes like an asset manager stand out to you? I mean, like the qualities that you see, but like you're doing, you know, whether it's monthly, weekly, daily, you know, some of those things that are going to make somebody successful in this position. Yeah, I think you have to be super detail oriented and be, I mean, I have a highly analytical background, so that's really helped with the details, but, and you also have to be very highly organized because you know, the more you grow and the bigger your portfolio gets, the crazier things get. And so if you're not really organized, balls are going to start to drop and you're going to feel like you're pulling your hair out on a daily basis. So really having like processes and systems in place to be able to deal with all the moving parts of being an asset manager is really important. Okay. Is there any way or any books or any educational stuff that you recommend for somebody that's learning how to do this and do it well? So, I mean, I think the best thing is trial by fire, right? Like practicing and seeing what works. I think most, you know, you can read a lot of books, but at the end of the day, asset management is such a hands-on job that the books don't really give you a lot of training in that area. But I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure this has been said a hundred times, but the best ever syndication real estate book by Joe Fairless is a great one. Um, I think that like encompasses everything from soup to nuts on you know, overall syndication and what you need to be managing your property manager to and what to look for there. Nice. Nice. What are some red flags that you've seen in property managers or just, you know, as you're asset managing, you know, that you've noticed that have made you dig in deeper or, you know, catch other things before they got big? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is communication, right? Like we've had some instances where the property manager goes out of communication or, They don't do the things that they say they're going to do. And when you follow up, they don't really have answers for you. You know, those are kind of the big starter red flags. Um, They kind of go silent or you'll make certain requests of them and they can't get around to doing it on time. I mean, that to me, like when I've seen that happen, it eventually gets worse and worse. Okay. Yeah. Communication is key about anything really. Right. So, you know, is this typically uh, just phone calls? Are you in person as well? Are you on site often, uh, you know, at the properties? Well, I mean, pre COVID was on site a lot more, (laughs) Um, you know, now it's been a little bit harder to travel. So that makes things a little bit more difficult, but definitely on site, at least when you first buy the property a lot more often until you're comfortable with how the property manager is running things. And, you know, the property is a bit more stabilized. It really depends if you're going into a stabilized property or how big your remodel is or how much, you know, you need to do to turn the property over, get better tenants in, in terms of being there and being on site. 
but I think it's super important to meet property managers in person, to be on top of them, to, you know, make random visits to the property and kind of see what's going on with your property. Um, all of that's really important. What about, you know, like remaining calm while running a large portfolio? I mean, what helps you to do that? So I think I've spent a lot of time on mindset in this business. You know, getting into this business, I think they're one of the surprising things is just like how emotional it can be and how many ups and downs and, you know, it's like super high highs and super low lows and nothing ever, you know, goes perfect. And there's always unexpected things that happen. And, you know, when you first get started, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And I think you realize that you really have to disassociate yourself from those emotions and just be like, okay, at the end of the day, it's just, it's not life or death. Like, and sometimes it might be, but usually it's not. And it's just money that can fix it. And so it's just super important not to let like yourself get so overwhelmed and so into the emotional aspect of it. So, I mean, I meditate every day. That's how I start my morning. And I think that really helps. I appreciate you just bringing up how you do that as well. Is there anything else that helped you develop that mindset? We talk about mindset a bunch and we have just recently, it seems on the show. And I know personally, every time I'm speaking to a group, I'm talking about, you know, the mindset and because it is so important. But for you, what was that for you that helped you to develop that mindset? I know you talked about, uh, you know, just your morning routine and anything else specifically that helped you to learn to do that? So I've done a lot of different personal development courses focused on mindset. You know, I spent over a year in a team management and leadership training program, which is a lot about mindset and managing and running teams. And then, you know, more recently in the last six months or so, I've been super focused on the miracle morning. And that's been hugely beneficial in terms of just mindset and affirmations and visualizations and all of those great things. Interesting. I know the listeners have gotten tired of hearing me talking about the book, The Miracle Morning, just over the last few episodes. It seems it's come up often and it was a game changer for me, I don't know, three or four years ago. But no, that's awesome. And, and how did that change your morning routine or you know, what have you seen from that as well? Yeah. So I mean, like for me, I always wanted to have time to do like the exercising and journaling and meditation and reading. But like, I just would wake up and get right into my day and start working and having breakfast. And then the day kind of gets away from you. So since implementing the Miracle Morning, like I've really had time to have that space for personal growth and silence and, you know, reading like I've read like five books, six books in the last six months that I would have never been able to read before. And so just that knowledge growth that you get from it is super powerful as well. Christina, what's been the hardest part of this syndication journey for you? So I would say getting started, like getting your foot in the door and getting your first deal under contract is definitely the hardest. It's a lot of effort to kind of get up to speed and figure out like how to build credibility and relationships with brokers and how to build the team. And, and also the environment right now is so competitive and there's so many people paying ridiculous prices for things that it can be really hard to like get that first foot in the door and make that first step. On the asset management side, and you can answer it any way you want, but you know, how are you prepared for a downturn? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we have super conservative underwriting. I would say that's probably one of our strong suits with having such a strong background in finance and looking at various investments. We've always been really careful on our rent growth assumptions and on our expense assumptions. 
Um, and I think that has really helped us prepare for the downturns that we do have enough reserves and we do have pretty conservative assumptions in place where we weren't very aggressive. So, Are there anything uh, as far as assumptions or anything specifically you could elaborate a little more on? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things is vacancy. You know, I think prior to like COVID, people were looking at vacancy between three and five percent. And I think what we did underwriting is we always bumped that up a little bit, especially in the first year around, you know, eight to 10 percent. And that really helps you. And especially in an environment like this, because you are seeing vacancies increase and you are seeing collections decrease, especially in the last month. And so I think, you know, if you're able to have those more conservative assumptions on the front end, it helps you down the road. No doubt. Yes. So, Christina, what's a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just processes and systems. Um, We just recently switched to Active Campaign. Before that, we were using MailChimp for our newsletters and investor communications. And it's been a lot of a process to get that up to speed and to rebuild that investor database. But it's so much more functional and they're so it's a lot easier to use and user friendly and you can do a lot more with it. So that's just one thing that we've done since COVID that we've implemented. What's your best source for meeting new investors? Oh boy. So I've been doing this thing called Lunch Club, which has been pretty interesting. So that is where you're virtually networking with people every day, you know, or a couple times a week and meeting new potential investors. I also run a meetup group and I think going to meetups is really helpful in terms of building your brand and your investor network. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I would say mindset and having that financial background. For a lot of people, it's a very steep learning curve to get up to speed in this business, especially on the analytical side and underwriting and jargon and terminology and all of that. You know, I didn't really have that learning curve from that respect. So that's been really helpful. Any advice for that person that's getting into the business that, you know, didn't have that portfolio management background like you did, but any advice for them? Yeah, I would say find people that can kind of show you the way. You know, one thing that was hugely beneficial to us was we met some really strong mentors right out of the gate that, you know, were super influential and getting us up to speed and helping us get started. And I think if you aren't trying to do it on your own. If you are trying to do it on your own, it's going to take a lot longer than if you find other people that can help you out and give you the tools and teach you. How do you like to give back? So I am super passionate about supporting and empowering women to take control of their finances and build wealth through real estate and other methods of investing. I run a meetup every month on the second Tuesday of the month called the Women's investing in real estate networking group. Right now it's virtual. It will probably stay that way. So anyone in you know the entire country that wants to join us, it's a really cool community of women that I've built. And I lead a conversation around supporting people getting started or scaling or how do you take those next steps and focusing on mindset. 
Awesome, Christina. Thank you so much for your time and giving back in that way as well. And I would just put out, I would welcome more women or female guests as well. If you know anybody, uh, you know, that would be a good guest. So, but anyway, thank you for your time and just giving back to us today and just highlighting the asset management position. It's not something that we talk about a ton on the show that I would love to talk more about it because it is such an important piece of our business and that it's done well. But tell the listeners how they can get in, in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, so they can email me. It's knight, K-N-I-G-H-T at acris, A-K-R-A-S, capital.com. Or they can find me on our website and send me a message. Our website is acriscapital.com. Awesome. That's a wrap. Christina, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That was fun. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.